0: February fifteenth, two thousand and nine, turned out to be a, a very magical day for us and for me in particular. Um, that is when
1: uh, I hired a guy by the name of Dan Balsma. Uh I have uh, I've only been to Pittsburgh about four and a half months,
2: but it was only about two months in, and I knew I was from Pittsburgh.
0: This is NHL Unlocked. All right, everybody. We're back with more NHL Unlocked. Your ignorant host, Matt Carlin, Casey Shea, Adam Horner are here. We are all wound up. You guys talked your brains out about the Penguins Rangers series in our last episode. But, fellas, we've got to look toward the future. And as a, as a certain sports talk radio guy with the initials double M said so eloquently the other day, somebody's gots to go.
2: Am I right? Uh, yeah.
1: Yep. Have,
2: have, have you ever <laughs> the listened The question to is, our how podcast, many people's Matt? got to go? Have you ever listened to our podcast? I think all three of us know who has to go first. <laughs> let, uh, let, me, let me gloat right here. I'm not going to gloat. This isn't gloating. No. When we
0: were sitting in this very same spot one year ago, I told all of you, I made a vow, I made a promise to each of you, to your faces. <laughs> The tier-tier <laughs> Skype icons, at least. <laughs> that I was not going to blame Dan Balsma this season. No matter what happened, I wasn't going to blame Dan Balsma. Because it wasn't going to be his fault. As I know whose fault it is now. It's Ray Shiro's fault, man. And you know what? The best part about me coming to that realization a year ago is that standing here one year later, everybody else knows it, too. I've got... So many friends, so much support. I don't feel like I'm on an island anymore.
2: Hey, and we're all on the Fire race Shiro bandwagon, baby. I was with you from the beginning, Maddie. Well, I believe I believe it was it was I who owns the quote that Shiro had hitched his wagon to Bosma, and uh, he sure did. And here's where we sit. So um, let the chips fall where they may. We'll see what ownership will do or won't do, but. Um, you know but 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 but, let's say this, and you know what, Maddie, you say you wouldn't blame Bosma, and you shouldn't because ironically, as I said last podcast, this one is not all on Bosma, he actually tried to coach this team um in these playoffs and not just in the Rangers series in the Columbus series as well. he actually made some lineup changes and adjustments, some of them by necessity when Orpic went out with the injury, but um still, the moves he made worked to a certain extent. I mean, he actually coached this year it was amazing, um it's just too little too late and it's, you can't fire all the players, although to me the safe list is very short. I'm sure we'll get to that in a little bit, but um, I, I guess we start with the and Shiro. There's a lot of rumors flying around, guys. Um, some say Bausma's already gone. They're divided on Shiro. Others believe that um, at least Lemieux will listen to Shiro's pitch to keep Bausma but change, um, change the, uh, the rest of the staff around. Um, I mean, what do you believe? Who do you believe? How long do you think it takes? Who's out first? Are they both out together? I mean, what's the move?
0: I like, I like to think that Bows was probably already gone, and that as we sit here talking right now, Mario is sitting in his den, <laughs> surrounded by rich mahogany and leather-bound books, with a nice bottle of wine, and he's just sitting there, and he's pondering the fate of Rayshiro as we speak. And uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe Taitomi. Is that the house or Rick Tockett has come over? And just pros kinda, hanging out. They're, 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 <laughs> <no>. <laughs> and they're just chatting it out, you know. And they're trying to figure out: we gonna fire this sucker or not? Maybe Burkle's there uh, on the on the on the voicemail or on on, on, the, on the on the speakerphone, you know? Um, yeah, I would like to think they're pondering it. They're like, I, I think they want to, but they're like, do we
1: really want to do this? Here, follow me on this one. So. Once the once the, they got knocked out, what, Tuesday night was it? So Wednesday morning I go into work, and or one of our coworkers, Dickie, had asked me, he said, what do you think is going to happen now? I said, today will probably be an off day if nothing happens. Tomorrow, being Thursday, the players will clean out their lockers, and Friday Dan Bilesman gets fired. So... So far, I'm two for three, and we'll see what happens and when when Dan Boisman gets fired and and, and, and in was
2: not uh, available to the media today, although and i'm I'm trying to remember last year, I believe he was also unavailable to the media and wound up with an extension twenty four or forty eight hours later. So yes, that's true. I mean, how great would it be if they both got extensions? well,
1: a whole, a whole got new already contracts. been
2: extended, Maddie. you can't. <laughs>
1: Well, I'm telling you, you gotta give him another extension. Here's, you gotta send a message, Horn. Here's here's why I think Shiro is gonna be safe. And it's because Dan Bilesma wasn't the problem this year. And I know you're gonna say, oh, well, you know, Shiro's the one that put that team on the ice. I get that. But I think I think that Dan Bilesma not being the issue and that him losing the team and then him trying to scramble and rally the troops for Game 7 against the Rangers may, in fact, in a weird way, show that it wasn't Bilesma that was the issue as far as the overall season went, that he didn't have the team anymore and that the team was the issue. I'm sort of confusing myself on this, but I think the way the way it all went down, I think Shero's going to end up getting another year to get it right because he was, A, like, in the summer, he was handicapped by the salary cap going down. So now he's going to have a little bit of extra money to play with going into next year. He's going to have some dead weight coming off of the cap. Granted, the, the Rob Scuderi contract looks horrible right now, and who knows what's going to happen in a couple of years when the Kunis and Dupuy contracts or when they're in their third and fourth years or whatever. I mean, but just microcosm this year alone it wasn't I I still don't think it was Bilesma's fault this year at all I think I think the overall body of work over the last couple of years maybe he's lost the room and maybe it took ownership too long to figure that out and that's why he got the extension last year and that it became rather apparent throughout the course of the season this year and especially down the stretch where the team just didn't seem to want to play for him anymore Maybe, like, maybe that's what it was that they, they, that they, as a management, maybe they wholly believed going into this season that Bilesma, like this was his final shot. And then as the year went on, they realized, you know what, this team doesn't want to play for him anymore. Much like the team didn't want to play for Terry back in '09, and that now we're seeing just the exact reverse of that situation going on, where the team has given up on their coach, and now. You know, you replace the coach and see what happens. And if that doesn't do anything, then Shiro's gone next year. I think I'm with you. I think you give
2: him one year to. How do I put this? Part of the part of the problem with Shiro, and and there, I'm reading this more recently that there that there's there's why there's a lot of people speculating for one reason or another. Some of it informed, some of it maybe not that. In the last couple – in more recent years, Shiro has been trading more – that Bousma has essentially been driving a lot of the personnel decisions. Shiro has been getting – taking more and more input from the coach than maybe he would have before a couple of years ago. That, that Shiro and Bousma are so buddy-buddy that you know, Shiro is making trades to suit Bousma instead of constructing the team on his own and then letting Bousma deal with whatever he gives him. Whether this is true or not, I don't know. I do know this. Shiro has already shown an ability in the past to attract guys that are, quote, tough to play against. That was the mantra when Shiro came here, when he was building the nucleus around Crosby, Malkin, and Stahl in the mid-2000s. That was the mantra. I'm here to – I want guys that other, everybody else tells me is tough to play against. And those are the guys he brought in, and those are the guys that helped us win the cup. Dupuis, Kunitz, Garen, Adams. The list goes on of the guys he brought in and added to this team around that, around that core that helped us win a Stanley Cup and made two runs to the finals. Now, since then, some of those guys have, have gone away, and that's inevitable. I think one too many of them have been let go. I think we've let go the wrong guys at times and retained others we shouldn't have. And that's OK. The problem is he's never re- bothered to replace those guys. The Matt Cooks, the Max Talbots of the world have not been replaced. Now, some of that is cap constraints. I get that. But at some point, you're if you're Ray Shearer, and this is the summer and the season coming up to do it, you need to show an ability to, attract the, to find those players again. And I don't think it's a problem of attracting them to Pittsburgh. I think it's a problem of – I don't know if he's lost the ability to find them or – if he's just not looking for them anymore, he's trying to build the, the Mario Lemieux team, which is, we don't want any more Matt Cooks or here. We don't even, we want any, we don't want Milan Lucicius on this team. We want to be a model franchise and not pull the cheap crap. So I, I just think, all right. So yeah, Shiro gets one more year to try and rebuild the team and re, reshape it back into what it was. But isn't there a risk of keeping
0: Shiro for another season that he's going to saddle you with, another bad draft and another bad contract that you're not going to want in a year like Scuderi's. Well, I mean, can you afford to let this thing sink any further? I mean, I hate to say the window's closing, but, I mean, come on, there, there's certainly – it feels like there's fewer years gonna, in front than
2: there are behind right I now gonna, when it comes
0: to this that, this Crosby-Malkin window that you're working in.
2: I agree with you, and I'm not saying I bat an eyelash if they, tra- if they if they dump Shiro. I'm just saying I see Casey's point. I think he probably gets one more year. I'm not saying he should, but I think he realistically he probably does because unlike Balsma, he has shown an ability in the past to get it done and to find the right players and to make the to build the team that can win the cup. Bausma won with Tarion's team, and that is that is apparent now more than ever. He's five straight years. He has failed to get to get a sometimes a depleted roster. Most of the time, a stacked roster any further than the Eastern conference final. And they choked in four games. The one year after '09, nine, they made it that far. By but you stuff, could say that, but you could say that Shiro built a lot of, that Penguins team
0: on players who were brought in under Craig Patrick too. The nucleus, the, the young. I mean, and there were a lot, a are, lot of those draft picks that were not necessarily didn't take a rocket scientist to figure out the draft, Sidney Crosby or Guinea Malkin. No, you know, both of those, I mean, Malkin was Craig
2: Patrick's. But it wasn't Patrick who brought in Yarko Rutu and Matt Cook and George LaRocque and all those guys that helped us to two straight cup finals. Shiro did that. Now, Tyler Kennedy, I believe, was a uh, Craig Patrick draft pick, so you can't give Shiro credit for Tyler Kennedy, you know, the great Tyler Kennedy of 08 and 09. Um,
1: Not the one of the last four years that we've made fun of constantly. No,
2: but it was, it was Shiro
0: <laughs> who brought in Hosun. <laughs> well, it, it was either, it was, even if it was Shiro taking those guys too and taking players who were developed under Craig Patrick and flipping them for the parts that he needed later. To build those teams to get to those back-to-back Cup finals too, which is another problem under Shiro, and is another responsibility of the general manager. There's no pipeline of talent coming from the minors right now. There's nothing.
2: Well, as far as forwards anybody, coming yeah, up from the minor leagues. Right, you've forward, got no. to
0: develop talent. Okay, that is, is anybody, Shiro's
2: responsibility. Right, listen, Matt. Okay, we're talking about now. We and let's be fair. We're talking about two different things here. Yes, I agree We all agree with his inability to draft properly. There's no forward prospects in the system, blah, 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 blah. This team is built to win now. That message was sent no clearer than it was last summer when we extended all those older guys. Okay? They want to win now. This team team is is here to win now. Right.
0: But since the last time they won, Chicago's got two cups, and they won cups with guys that Chicago's drafted – since the last time, the Penguins okay. won a cup okay. with Brandon Saad and Andrew Shaw. Guys, the Penguins just Agreed. passed by in the draft.
2: No no argument. Okay, now stay with me on these two points. Is any, I, just, I want yes or no answers here. Anybody disagree that Ray Shiro did absolutely everything in his power to give Dan Bousma the best team possible to win the Stanley Cup in 2013? Anybody yeah. disagree that, Bals- that Shiro made every move he could and gave Bousma everything we needed? Agree or disagree? I, I'll, uh, he made every move he could possibly make to improve that team. Okay. Yes. Now, yes. Okay. I, I, I have two more questions. Does anybody now? Uh, do we all agree that in hindsight? And, and, now, now listen, and now. Now listen. The cupboard is bare. Is it not? Okay, well, now listen. Do we all agree that in hindsight, maybe he made one too many moves in 2013 and did disrupt team chemistry? Is that at least an element in the Penguins losing in
1: 2013?
2: No. You don't it's think
0: good so? To it's been reported. You don't that think, you don't that think the, the moon... chemistry of the team was disrupted last year. Now they're not saying which which trade disrupted the chemistry though. Killah, Killah, No, stop. No. Iggy doesn't the, disrupt. The thing that the it, this is <laughs> where no, I,
2: okay. I have one more question, and then I'll, I have one more question. <laughs> Does anybody disagree that she, that the move Shira made at 2014's deadline? show that he tried to learn from the, quote, mistakes of 2013 and didn't want to overload it too much. He brought in some grit, and he, but he wanted to leave the nucleus alone and not bring in too many studs.
1: Are we agreed on that? Well, it it's a loaded quote because it depends on how much you believe in the Ryan Kessler stuff.
2: Well, that was a move we all wanted to see happen. A uh, Sutter for Kessler I was totally on board with, and I still would like to see it happen this summer if we can pull
1: it off. But had he made that, then we wouldn't have gotten Stepniak and Gotch.
2: Well, if Dupuis doesn't get hurt, we probably never pick up Stepniak and Gotch. So,
1: yeah, because okay, if, if
2: Dupuis not hurt, you don't have to play Malkin on the wing, and you've got your four centermen and Crosby, Malkin, Sutter, and Vitali. You don't need Gotch or Stepniak, because Stepniak was Dupuis light, and Gotch was brought in to try and help stack the center, so you could use Malkin on the wing if you wanted to.
1: Right. I still still think the bottom six was still junk before even with Dupuy in that the bottom six needed a lot of work anyway, because they were still rolling out Tanner Glass, Taylor Pyatt, you know, Craig Adams, or, or you know, Brian Gibbons at some points, depending whatever it was. Like that bottom six wasn't tough to play against. You know, at why
2: all. did we never see Taylor Pyatt?
1: Because in, he can't play hockey? Against the Rangers. <laughs> uh,
2: <laughs> against his former team, you could be a six foot four, two hundred and thirty pound player in at least one of those games that they lost?
1: Come no. On. No, the, he right. no. It,
0: I was I was pining for Harry Zolnerchuk. Chuck. I never got him.
1: He needed so. Z. He at least like at least Scrabble couldn't. He's
0: got a criminal background, man. He could have been useful. A playoffs, man. Scrabble's
1: like Scrabble, and I think Zach Sill are probably like the only two guys that are in the system that you could actually look at as saying you know they're a they're a past like there there's no. I don't look at anybody on this current roster as it stands at the, at this very moment. Nobody on this roster to me that just flamed out in the second round is a pest that gets under people's skin. That is annoying to play against that just drives you crazy. There's nobody like that. There's no big bodies in the bottom six. There's nothing. It's just
2: Brian Gibbons drives me crazy. Oh, wait, drives me crazy. The <laughs> right. I'm sorry. Yeah.
1: Not the other team <laughs> drives you nuts.
0: Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> but like... well, the other thing that's been that's been missing, too, is that there's nothing there, there's no guys that Bilesma could turn to when momentum was shifting during a game and he could send out that stall cook Kennedy line and be like, you know, you know, settle things down, reestablish the tone, set the tone, you know, send him out there. That's a, there's a reason that stall line was the first one out for so many of those playoff games. Because they set the tone. You. And when they had momentum shifts during the playoffs without that stall line, you know, for as much as we crack on Kennedy and as for as wonderful of a human being as Matt Cook is, you know, that line was was, was such was such a major tool for Balsma then once it's gone, he doesn't have that option anymore. Yeah. It was just was something they think have never been able to
2: build around Sutter. I believe with better wingers, Sutter could have, there could be a Sutter line that could do at least similar work with the right pieces around Sutter. But I would also, I'm still not opposed to a move like the Ryan Kessler trade to just put a stud on that third line. And, um, you know, then maybe at that point it won't even matter who the wingers are, but, um, yeah, I agree with you. I think they do need to do something with with the third line specifically. You've got and it's not Sutter's fault. Sutter did all he could do with with limited resources this year.
1: Yeah, I mean, exactly. I, I think stuff. Sutter was great in the playoffs. I yeah. just thought well, because he had capable people playing on his wing. And I think that's where Horn's going with this. But yep. there's you finally give him, you know, when you finally move Malkin up to the top line with Crosby and you give a guy like Brandon Sutter and you give him Neil and Jokinen and all of a sudden Sutter's putting the puck in the back of the net and scoring big goals. And he was basically like the difference in that Columbus series. I don't think that's rocket science. I think it's basically, you gave him guys that could actually play in the NHL and all of a sudden his production goes up. I think that's like as, as simple as one plus one equals two. Yep. Sutter's not a
2: problem. He's not, he's not Jordan Staal. He's not 6'5", 220 pounds. But he you give him decent, serviceable NHL players, the third line can be something. Um, but it, that's where it falls on Shiro, to bring those guys in or figure out which of your guys in the minor leagues. Look, Zach. anybody remember the name Zach Sill? I mean, if you want a guy in the organization that is a mucker and grinder who maybe deserves at least a look at getting a spot in the bottom six on a regular basis. He's a guy that's been cutting his teeth in the minors for years. I mean, give the give somebody like that a chance, a real chance in training camp to make the club and don't give him just a one-game audition. Give him five to ten games and see if he's a guy you want to be a fixture or if he's just going to be a ham and egg. And if he is, that's fine, but at least find out. And they don't give enough of these guys a chance. And Simone Dupre is my shining example. He's a guy that's so... He's a wasted talent in the, by this organization. So wasted. It's, it's unbelievable. So, Eric Tancredi. So I was just going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: He's not in that class. I mean, I, I think we saw enough. I mean, it, it was just such a gag. Just to, like Tango's two-game tryout on the second line. Yeah. Every time I think about the term Biles Mud, it's a picture of, tango playing alongside malkin and neil for two games that's the image that goes into my brain well he started what two happened. games
2: on that line by the middle of the first period he was on a different line but you know. and
0: by two the middle end. of the month he was in winnipeg so he cast off to the how's that going in there for you there tango how's it going up there when it didn't go very well no, I, think go he, I think he had one it didn't go well for tk in san jose either i mean it just didn't he's got mattresses to sell don't worry about it he's fine <laughs>
2: Well, you know, you know, he look. He, he went for. But, one.
0: but like, part of me thinks that like, if you brought TK back tomorrow and just plopped him into that lineup, he could do something useful for you on the third or fourth line. But Fresh I, shot. I mean, he had no business playing with Couture and Marlowe. But
2: <laughs> well, listen, I mean, it really it's it's. I mean, TK does. I mean, San Jose, <laughs> Pittsburgh, there, but they're both underachieving teams in the playoffs. Does it really matter which one he plays for? It, you know, it,
0: it's maybe scary, it's, but maybe it's I, him. I feel like a kinship between. The Penguins and the Sharks I right now. I think too. Very, very deep kinship, and I'm worried about someday, you know, like Joe Thornton today it's going to be like 40 year old Sidney Crosby. People wondering why he never gets over the hump. Right. And he's like,
2: what the hey, hell listen, happened? they're they're both they're both teams with a sea with a seafaring animal as their logo. They both have triangles in their logo, uh, hockey sticks involved in their logo. Boy, it's scary. It's very it scary. scary. That is I'm creepy. Talking. It's like an alternate universe Penguins over there. <laughs> it is.
1: But at least the, at least this Penguins team has actually won something. We're only, yeah, I we're only five years removed from a cup. San Jose's never gotten one. And I don't think they've even been to a final. So that where I think we're sort of adopting. And if this goes on for another couple of years that we're going to be adopted or nicknamed like, you know, San Jose Sharks East. <laughs> and I could easily see that. But at least we can always win that argument by saying, well, yeah, but at least we've won a cup. Yeah, but
2: in 2019, the 2009 argument will ring very hollow.
1: Now,
0: here's another question, too. Are the San Jose Sharks as a franchise as proficient at losing Game 7s at home as the Penguins are over their history? Because that is like... That, that has become, like, a huge part of, like, the franchise DNA now, well, is losing that Game 7 playoff game at home. If
1: you want to draw another parallel, didn't the Penguins blow a four, like a, a 3-0 series lead way back in the day, and the Sharks mm-hmm. just did it this year?
2: I think they were yeah. the first to do it, <laughs> or the first in, like, a long, long time to do it.
1: The Penguins were back in the 70s or something. How about, yep. how about we just, like, may, maybe contract a couple of teams... And how about we contract the San Jose Sharks and just dump all our dead weight and bring in a couple of their guys and just blend the two teams and just see how bad it how bad it goes.
0: <laughs> I just don't know who you give the seat to if you have Joe Thornton and Crosby on the same team though. It's just a difficult decision. You give it to Craig Adams. <laughs> <Yeah>. you do.
2: <laughs> so I mean, I, I don't know where that came from. What, we, what a random, I mean, really? what do we? What do we do with this roster? I mean. I, 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 I'm still I still messed up by the Lucic
1: Barshan question.
2: Who is, who, no, don't, don't get it wrong on a tangent. We'll, we'll shut up with them soon enough. <laughs> who is on your safe list? I, I, I have a very short one. Uh, and it's Crosby, Malkin, Flurry, Martin, and Dupuis. Nobody else is safe in my mind. It's a very, very short list. Oh, my list is even
0: shorter than yours it's Crosby and Malkin, and Flurry.
2: I, Let's be fair. Flurry has earned an extension this year, and you're not gonna. Who are you? Who's the franchise goalie if you let him go right now? At I, A- I A- mean, who,
0: who are you gonna bring in? You're gonna have to overpay to bring in another goalie if you want to play another season with Flurry at least. Yeah. You know, and, and get to the end of the season with him, and then make your decision next year. You're you're crazy to yeah. to just shuttle him off and just think you're gonna bring in somebody better. Exactly. It's gonna be way too cost prohibitive. Exactly. Just ride it out with flurry for another season
1: yeah those three that's it okay Shay definitely Crosby and Malkin I I would me personally I would keep flurry for the same reasons you just said especially where it, it, that like Jeff Zackoff all due respect he <laughs> played well this year he's nowhere near ready to take over this team like not even remotely in the ballpark of being able to handle the full bulk of being a, a number one goaltender in the NHL yet. He, the only reason he was even the backup is because Bokun went down. So, granted, he, now he's accelerated his track maybe and he's got a little bit more experience. He's played some games, knows what to expect, but he still doesn't have the pedigree to play number one minutes or number one games over the course of a season. So, and I'm just throwing this name out there because I've talked to Matt about this before too. But look at Anaheim's situation right now. They've got two young stud goaltenders, and Jonas Hiller will not be back out there. I do not think. Jonas Hiller will be out there available as a free agent this year. And it's just, I'm not saying that the Penguins would actually do it, but if Flurry were to go, something tells me they would try and bring him in. But I would still bring back Flurry, Crosby, and Malkin and i think at this point you have to you have to keep paul martin just because of how well he's turned it around after his first you know year and a half here and then my number one priority is to find a way to sign Jokinen and find a way to sign Niskinen and then yeah. go and then go from there
2: we're on the same page there casey um but i you know when i said safeless i was only talking about guys who were already under contract um, Yeah. You know, I wasn't looking at the guys that are... But look, I, I think realistically, I think Jokinen has priced himself out of town. And I believe if you're picking between Niskanen and Jokinen, you need Niskanen more than Jokinen. Not that you don't need them both, but... Um, because let's just face it, Bo Bennett can easily just slide back up into the top six if you lose Jokinen. If you lose Niskanen, you are definitely losing a big, big chunk of this team.
1: Mm-hmm. So... I would, and I would take, I would let Orpic walk, and I would give the the A that Orpic has, and I would give it to, to Niskanen.
2: <laughs>
1: wow, instead of Kunitz, because
2: that's who's going to get it, especially if Bausma's still here.
1: Yep, I would absolutely. Well, what about they, Duper? You don't want Duper to have the A? Well, don't, isn't it right now? Doesn't we uh Kunitz and Orpic alternating between? I think that. Yeah, I think you're right. So on the road home, yeah. Right. So I would give whatever. Whatever it was, you can still split it. even with Kunitz there. I would still, I would give that vacated half or whatever it was to Niskanen. That's how much I, that's how much I think he, or how important to this team I think he is at this point. And for a guy that we all thought might be traded before the season even started, solely yeah. because of numbers. Yeah.
2: Not because we thought he should be gone, just when you looked at, at where the team was at the time.
1: Right. Yeah. Just solely based on cap numbers, and this guy goes from playing third line minutes to start the year to being the number one pairing when the top four were out with Olimata. And to me, it's no surprise that that pairing started to look tired and haggard as the as the playoffs went on because they played a ton of minutes this year.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, I, you you really you I agree totally with about, about Niskanen. and and you know I, you know the only reason I say. Dupuis is safe is really because he's one of the few players on the current roster that brings exactly what they were missing in this postseason. And that was a guy who's, well, tough to play against. And is, he may not be Milan Lucic level agitator, but Dupuis is a guy that can go in the corners and do the dirty work and do the little things. And they were missing that in the Rangers series, I think. They really missed Dupuis. I wish I could say that Kunitz was safe, but Kunitz to me is in the same boat as Crosby, Malkin, Neal, Latang. He didn't score a big goal in the playoffs. Nope. And to me, he's just as accountable right now, despite a great regular season, as the guys who could not get it done. The, the, all this, you know, And if we transform the bottom six to our liking and, to, everyone, and, to, and to, to the necessity we have to do it, that's all great. But that doesn't change the onus on the top six to find a way to score some freaking big goals in the playoffs, which they have not done in the last two or three years. Well, guys, i got to stop you right there because our time is almost up. Um,
0: but I'm sure there's a lot more we have to talk to. I want to thank everybody for listening. Go check out our Facebook page at NHL Unlocked on Facebook. Watch us troll the Bruins fans and everything else on the face of the earth. And uh, thanks a lot for listening. We'll talk to you later.